Welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of entertainment. I'm Cynthia Littleton, Managing Editor of Television for Variety, and my guest today is Terrence Gray, founder and CEO of the New York Television Festival. Gray was ahead of the curve in recognizing the demand among independent producers and TV fans for having a forum to celebrate the small screen. The New York Television Festival encompasses a competition for independently produced pilots and various script competitions. The goal is to bring emerging creative talents together with the network and studio executives and the talent agents that can advance their careers. As he prepares for the 14th edition of the festival, which runs July 14th through 20th, Gray spoke about the evolution of the event and changes in store for this year's gathering. Terrence Gray, Executive Director of the New York Television Festival. Thanks for stopping in to talk with us. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. You're getting close to the 14th edition of your week-long festival that highlights, that puts particular emphasis on independently produced projects and the networking, bringing aspiring writers, directors, producers, actors together with television industry movers and shakers people that can greenlight shows, people that can give them development deals, the people they need to get to that next rung. Tell me, let's go back to the beginning. What inspired you to launch this festival? Um, Well, honestly, I I came out of school and I knew uh, that I always wanted to be in TV. Um, And back in the day... uh, you know, unlike what was established with the the great film festivals, uh, Sundance and Toronto and Cannes and others, um, there wasn't really a, a way to make independent TV projects. And so how I sort of uh, went about that in New York is uh, we mounted uh, sitcoms on stage. And, and back before there was a YouTube and, and the ability to distribute that, really, if you wanted to put your work on, on its feet, like that was one of the ways uh, to get it done. Because back then, uh, you know, late 90s, early aughts, there, there really wasn't any independent television. Um, and from that, I was lucky enough uh, to meet my agent at William Morris. And that's how we started our relationship uh, and our friendship. And um, and so for me, it was a great way to to actually take something I had created and and get it on its feet and get it in front of people because obviously, getting material in front of people is key, right? It's key to somebody starting their career and 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 moving forward, or you know, in particular with a project they've done. Um, and so in the back of my mind, I I I think I always thought like there could be a great platform for television creators to get their work in front of executives. And uh, I think as we progressed and as we got to a point where, you know, I remember and and, and in my career, I, I had the good fortune of, of working on shows like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And, and during that period of the late 90s, the early 2000s, you saw some of the top producers starting to make, specifically in, in non-scripted, they started to make their own tape, right? They started to make sales tape that they self-financed to go into to networks to sell. And so I think that was the first iteration of, of people making their own pilots. And so I thought, oh, okay, the, the ability to use a digital camera and to edit online uh, with software that was available, you could start to put together 
your own pilots, right? And 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 the cost of doing that, uh, where where the cost of doing a film was still you know, fairly sizable if you were trying to get into a place like a Sundance or Toronto. Big barrier to entry. Big barrier to, to entry, right. right? In that if if you were editing online yourself and you had a digital camera and you had the ability to put these things together, I thought, okay, we're starting to see a, a recipe where we could legitimately go out to an independent production community and say, bring us the best of, of your TV pilots or presentations or what have you. Um, and so I tried to get it off the ground with John Rosen, who is my who's my agent, who has been incredibly supportive over the years. And for the first couple of years, um, people were just sort of like, look, television's made in L.A. It's made in the studio. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. We don't validate. Get out. Like, I mean, it was just <laughs> it was just the, the reaction was sort of there was a little bit of like we don't really see where this material is coming from. We don't really understand. And there is a professional way of, of doing this, uh, you know, on the West coast. And so we finally, and it was, uh, Nancy Dubuque who was at, uh, A&E at the time, who was really the first executive, um, to come in and say, I will support this vision of people, uh, making, uh, uh, their own tapes. And I think people have been probably going into A&E, uh, and, and showing sizzles, but she was fantastic. She was the first one to jump in. Um, and, and really that, that started it. And I think during, uh, that year, Really, YouTube and Lazy Sunday in particular uh, from Saturday Night Live hit and people really realized, oh, when I make something, if it doesn't, you know, get into this particular festival or or other platforms that were becoming available, um, I can self-distribute it and I can put it on YouTube and I could direct a bunch of people to go there and watch it because prior to that, you could like send it to your aunt and like i mean there were there wasn't a lot of distribution for something that you had made so i think the the advent of of youtube was enormous to to uh, a migration of of people that i think had been primarily doing independent film to trying out uh the medium of of television or episodic mm-hmm. it seems like a an, a great confluence of timing of, of literally the digital tools that, that people had to work with and the, you know, what we now know, what we now call peak TV, this yeah. just explosion of creativity and an understanding that it can, that I think that it can come from all corners in the U.S., yes. o- overseas. Yeah. So now, you know, now you're in your 14th year. You there are yeah, it seems crazy when I say it out loud, but yes, yeah. we are in the fourteenth year. You know, fast forward here, and you've got you've got there there are a lot of television festivals now on the calendar. Yeah. There's Series Fest in Denver, Austin, Texas has the ATX. Yes. There's a couple of festivals in Atlanta, but you're still the only one that really has that competition element. Can you talk about how the submissions work and how you dis- how you determine what will be you know, actual festival selections, what, what projects are actually screened. Yeah. And I, and I can maybe, uh, go back a little bit if, if that's helpful. Like when we started the festival, the, the idea is that we were standing on the shoulders of, of Sundance and others, um, that had created, and obviously those guys are much bigger, but they had created this dynamic platform for storytellers and filmmakers, um, to present their stories in whole and in front of a very important audience. And so 
that's how we began too. It, it was sort of the idea of saying, um, if you and, and we're still open to this, but if you have a TV show in any genre, right? So it could be animation, it could be comedy, it could be live action, it could be non-scripted drama. We are open to it. We are open to whatever your interpretation of, of whatever show you want to do. And we, in the beginning, we messed around with with uh, different lengths of time. And over time, we realized that the timing framework that you put out there is is really less important than giving a representation of the world of your show, the characters, the tone, the pacing. So that used to be a big thing in the beginning. Um, but so we were open. It was it was it was uh, bring us your best stuff. Um, and then we will connect you with agents and executives and people in the business um, around the third. It's either the third or the fourth uh, year of the festival. Um, and again, another one of our uh, great board members, uh, Kevin Riley, uh, was at Fox. And we uh, crafted a partnership where we were going to look for sitcom scripts for Fox. And Kevin uh, was fantastic and supportive. And as part of that partnership, there was a guaranteed Fox script deal, which is an enormous deal uh, for any young writer uh, to be able to get a deal at the network to get a, a ton of interest from uh, agents and managers as a right. result of that and really get to that next level of their career. Um, and from that one deal with Kevin and Fox, we ended up doing annually uh, anywhere between 12 to 20 guaranteed deals uh, with different networks and studios and platforms. And the realization that we had was that unlike film, uh, TV and, and the people that distribute TV, the networks and the platforms, what have you, they have a particular brand. They're looking for a particular type of show, and they are serving a constituency or an audience that is going to them for a particular thing. And so at first we were a little uh, – I was a little nervous, like, if if we – defined uh, uh, the, the the sort of creative brief of what somebody was looking for, would that take away from uh, the creative projects that we were getting in? But what we found was that the independent community was starved for information. So, you know, as a producer, I would get briefs from William Morris on, like, what does this network want or what does that studio want? So the idea uh, and the support of of the industry and, and networks and studios that they were willing uh, to create a brief with us that we could share with the independent community was amazing. And and then the idea that they were going to take the best of the best projects that, that they found uh, and get into business with them and give them uh, a deal is, um, you know, it's still extraordinary. And it, and it really helped us uh, build a, a really dynamic uh, and, and very talented community and it helped us establish uh, a season, right? That people understood when submissions opened, when they were due by, when the festival was. So it really got people uh, into a frame of mind of when they had to hit deadlines. Yeah. And clearly, you know, a lot of festivals and, and, and like screenwriting competitions, there's a cash prize at the end. Yes. But but clearly for, for people that want to get into the business, more than $1,000 is... 15 minutes with Kevin Riley. That's right. And and I think, you know, at the end of the day, um, it, it, 
it doesn't even really matter what the size of the deal is. If you are getting into business with Lionsgate or you are getting into business with Comedy Central, well, now you're where you want to be. And and it's also if if you're not represented and as we've grown, we, we've had more people uh, who are who are represented coming into as as independent television, the movement itself has matured. There are more and more people doing independent TV projects, and some of those people have agents and managers, and they're they're more uh, experienced or they're further along in their career, and it's a passion project that they make something independently. So the number of people that are represented has gone up uh, to the dismay of mm-hmm. some of the agencies that we're partnered with. Uh, but I I feel like for the people that aren't represented, and I still think that that's like, you know, r- roughly 40 or 50 percent of the people that are in the festival. If you do get a deal with one uh, with a true TV or, you know, who any of our partners that is going to attract uh, agents and, and managers to say, oh, well, this person made the festival. Then they got the attention of true. Oh, we should definitely check in. And ultimately, whether or not that deal turns into a pilot or a series, if it gets you on the radar of a representative that can work with you going forward in your career, that is a home run. Right. You know, somebody, uh, a development executive reads something in in a spec script that has a great voice. That spec script may not be right for them, but that voice might be, you know, a a staff writer on an, on an, on a emerging pilot or something. I think that's exactly, that's exactly right. So in, in the case, whether it's a scripted show or whether it's, you know, a comedy format, as we were, we were talking about true, the idea that, uh, a creator, uh, a creator, writer or producer gets to go into the network and sit down and, and go through that development process with an executive and go through that firsthand that experience of being able to get that feedback work with that executive um, try to bring and progress that show forward whether or not that actually happens their ability to go back into a place like true first they're going to establish that relationship with that executive but they're going to be much better prepared in terms of their next creative idea about how to framework right. that and deliver it back to the to the network. Yeah, absolutely. And so you have various levels of competition. You have competition in various genres mm-hmm. for projects. And now you, you even, I think last year, moved into a script competition. Yes. That's just at the script level, not for something on video. Yes. Um, how, and you get submissions from literally all over the world? Yes. How does that submission process work? Uh, well, for, I will. I guess I would go through the submission process in general as it as it broadly uh, uh, applies. But as you said, we do individual initiatives with with uh, different industry partners as well. Um, but a call will go out uh, around either a specific partner brief, or uh, we have the independent pilot competition. Uh, that goes out every year in January and that uh, it got moved up a little bit this year. Uh, and we'll talk about sort of the change in the calendar. Uh, but the but but that competition will open if there are partners within uh, that competition. Their briefs will also go out so that people uh, and that artists will will be aware of them. Um and then there's a, a, a period of development and, and producing or writing your show, um, which will last anywhere from, say, three months to six months. 
There'll be a deadline. All of those uh, materials uh, will come in. Uh, they will be vetted by our programming committee. Uh, and ultimately, uh, what we're looking at is probably uh, the top four or five percent on uh, the pilot side. Uh, and uh, with NYTBS scripts that you talked about, uh, that is usually less than the top one percent. Wow. So, the, you know, it's very competitive, both in the pilot stage and in the script stage. Um, but the but the voices and, and, and the artists that we have coming through, um, you know, in my view, they've now had this equipment or there's been platforms, as you mentioned, other TV festivals as well out there. Uh, we're, you know, 14 years old, but certainly... In the last decade, there and, and other film festivals have moved into episodic as well. So I feel like the the movement is maturing because there are a lot of opportunities uh, for people to try to get in and show off their work uh, and get in front of people. How do you guard against the concern that somebody sends in an independently produced pilot or a, or a script, and the concern that that somebody might steal the idea or steal the concept? One of the ways that 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 we combat it, I guess, is by by being as transparent as we can um, and by not holding anyone to anything. I mean, when you come to the New York Television Festival, uh, you're free to take a deal or, or not take a deal or what have you. Like, you sort of hold the fate of your project. And I think it, it's it's gratifying to know that the level of projects that we get and the quality people that are involved in them that we've built a layer of trust with the creative community over 14 years because we work very hard to make sure that one everybody's treated like a professional and 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 taken seriously in this endeavor uh, and two to make sure that they have the freedom to do whatever they want to do the festival i think since its inception has been in october but this year you're moving to July. Why did you make that calendar change? Yeah, the festival, I believe it, it it's always been, it may have been one or two years, like the last week of September, but you're right. It's always been in October. And I think initially it was just like, uh, October's a beautiful time in New York. And it was sort of like, we, we wanted to make sure that um, September, when everybody comes back uh, from summer break, I feel like, there's so many things that happen in New York in September to try to compete with any of that is is very difficult. And we felt like as we edge towards uh, the second half of, of October, we could, you know, get the attention of the executives in TV who were so busy with fall launch. And, and of course, they were, you know, with, with all series coming back or new series launching. Um, and so for us, it was a great time. But we it also sort of dawned on us that um it is really the telltale end of development season of of new projects that are being done studio or network level and so the thought was as um studios were getting involved the the idea was why don't we move to the beginning of the buying season uh and therefore uh, there may be additional opportunity for our artists to get into business. Uh, and, and really, that's what uh, what motivated the move. And, and you know, right now, 
uh, and we haven't, you know, we're going to be through it in a, another two and a half weeks uh, when we get started. But uh, it's our first time through. But I think the reaction right now has been very good. And I'm optimistic uh, that it's going to be a good move. Mm-hmm. How does the festival sustain itself? How do you make money? Well, I'm still figuring that part out. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm kidding, but it's it's kind of truthful. Um, we uh, we are sustained by our partners. Uh, like all festivals, I don't I don't think it's a, a surprise that that festivals are not really set up to make money, nor nor do they. Uh, and that there may be exceptions for for the larger festivals. Um, but we are sustained by uh, a a good number of partners across the board uh, in TV that have that have always uh, been there for us and come through from us and are looking for new voices and that's that's really how we operate. We're not by the very nature of the festival. Um, we are we are pretty small in the sense that. Our partners look for us to curate down um, a massive number of projects that come into a very digestible top few. And so from that standpoint, uh, you know, we only have a very limited number of artists that are participating by design in the festival. Um, and on the other side, we, we have uh, a, a number of executives. But again, that's, that's sort of... Uh, limited to the executives that are our partners or pass holders. Uh, so our universe on the B2B side is not huge. And then obviously we do events and we do things that are panels or days uh, that are open uh, a little bit more generally. Um, but if I sat here and told you that uh, we have a foolproof business plan, uh, that has been the one part of the festival that uh, that we are uh, we are still working on. But I think what we do do um, and what we set out to do in the very beginning is uh, be a place that curated and elevated uh, the best voices for television. I think that, you know, you can always get better, but I think that we've achieved that goal uh, that we initially set out to to achieve. And and I'm very grateful that we that we have the partners that we do. But again, sort of going back to the idea that we're not a huge festival that, you know, that's not great when you're going to large corporations that are used to, uh, you know, festivals that have a hundred thousand people coming through. Like we just, we don't offer that as a, uh, as a general premise. It sounds like you've put a lot of sweat equity into this thing over 14 years. It's a full-time job for you, It is correct? a full-time job. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Uh, myself and I will uh, also say m- my wife, who is uh, the festival director, uh, Aaron Day, who really runs the show. Um, no, we both have, and, and it's something uh, that we really believe in. And I, and I think for w- whatever we lack on the uh, financial success side, um, I think in terms of respect and in terms of the quality of the projects and the voices that are that are coming out of NYTBF, um, you know, I'm hopeful that we've earned that and and, uh, you know, and we enjoy what we do. And I think we we haven't migrated away from what we tried to set up in the beginning. And I think when we talk about peak TV and we talk about. Uh, a number of outlets, a, a vast number of outlets that are doing original programming. Um, I think we have a value to offer uh, in that space. 
Have you explored any kind of with all the material that you have that you have have fielded over the years? Have yeah. you explored any kind of partnership with a with a YouTube or somebody that could maybe showcase some of what you've? Yeah, I know, you know rights might be tricky. Yeah, that. you know, you're right. It, it it does often come down to a rights question. I think we we've, we've been down the line, you know, for over a decade we had an incredible partnership uh with Microsoft and all of its uh different divisions and uh, you know, I think they they've had a little bit of a change of direction when it when it comes to in, uh entertainment in the last couple of years, but um you know, one of the things that is uh and and look, we would remain open to the idea of a showcase of of our top pilots, and and I think what we'd want to make sure, uh, again, having worked on uh, a reputation for the last fourteen years, is that uh, is everything fair uh, with the artists and the producers that are making the work, um, and regardless of 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 what a partnership like that might look like, um, does their project itself. Uh, remain open to the market, and that is that is the key uh, of the entire festival. So as long as we could do something uh, that was promotional but didn't uh, tie anyone up, um, we'd be we'd be very open, I think, to that conversation. So the festival does not have an ongoing relationship. If somebody sells a pilot or gets you know gets a really cool development deal, the, the festival does not have an ongoing connection to that pilot. Yeah, that is correct. Um, <laughs> probably from a business point, that that is uh, not great. But I I think look, I would go back to the idea that we 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 want it to be a place where where everyone feels safe. Uh, in in submitting, and you know, we we sometimes talk about uh, pilots in the abstract, but but having been a producer and a writer for a long time, I you you know you have a, you just have the knowledge of what goes into making a project, and what what goes into making a project when you have no budget and no money <laughs> means you call on a lot of friends, and you're editing in the middle of the night, and you're putting it together with 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 gum and and wire and like everything that you can do um and you're giving your heart and soul and so you when you then take this your baby what you've made and you and you put everything you have into it you want to know that you're giving it over to somebody who has your best interest in mind right and so that's what we try to do now there are certainly instances with partners on the other side, where a partner might say, oh, hey, whatever we're taking out of the festival, we would like you guys to stay with it and oversee that project. Now, if everybody feels good about that deal, then that's exactly what we've done. And, and in cases, we have done that. Um, and it's, it's exciting. And I've done a lot of development work. And so I like doing that. But But it first has to be the partner that would sort of approach us. And then we want to be very clear with the creator and the artist, like, this is what we're talking about. And 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 I, everyone is usually very cool with that arrangement because most of the shows coming through the festival would ultimately be partnered with someone mm-hmm. that has a little bit more experience of our, our track record. Right. So that definitely happens. Um, but again, I, I, I really do believe in the idea that... Uh, that there's there's a tremendous amount of work that goes into each one of these projects and that uh when someone is letting go of that they want to know that uh it's in a good space 
Right. Do you have a favorite success story or two of people that have come from the festival and really grown careers in the business? I would say uh, that the creators that came through uh, with the show Animals uh, is a which is on HBO, the animated series. Right. Produced by the Duplass brothers. Yes, that's right. And, and Mike and Phil, the creators, came through the festival, um, and they just had a, a a typical festival story where they were working. I believe it was at an advertising agency, and and they were getting this done on uh, the nights and weekends. But they made the and, and it was again blood, sweat, and tears to make this show. Uh, that was singularly in their voice. And when we received it, and that's the other thing, like we get thousands of submissions a year. Um, and as you're, as you're going through and you stumble on things where you're like, oh man, that's awesome. And, and you just know this person or these creators is this week could fundamentally change their life. And they, have so much talent, and they and they produce this with their own money and their own their own tears and sweat and all of that stuff. That's a great story. Well, the career making opportunities begin anew July fourteenth through the nineteenth. Yes, in various venues at New York City. Yes, looking forward to covering it again this year. Terrence Gray, thank you so much for coming in and sitting down with us. Thank you, Cynthia. My honor. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us next week for another episode of Strictly Business.